This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. In today's Western world, many therapy approaches focus on mental processes over embodied experiences and bypass spiritual dimensions of the healing journey. It is Jess Maitre's belief that genuine healing must include all parts of a person, including their energetic and spiritual aspects. True insight needs to be experienced through the body and witnessed within a conscious relationship in order to be fully integrated into their daily lives. Psychology can be similar to alchemy, as it has the capacity to transform the unwanted into something meaningful within the client's shadow or blind spots. Many do not realize that alchemy was the forerunner of modern chemistry and practiced by mystics who worked to transform base elements into gold. As an embodied alchemist, Jess assists you in transforming what is hidden in your subconscious, such as old beliefs or programs, and brings it into the light where it can be witnessed and healed. Valeria Telles interviews Jessica Maitri, the creator of Yothera Method, licensed clinical social worker, certified yoga therapist, breathwork practitioner, intuitive energy healer, and speaker. Jessica Maitri blends both Eastern and Western therapeutic approaches to embodied wellness. Her training in both Western psychology and Eastern embodiment practices inform her work with groups and individuals. The Yothera Method is a therapeutic modality used in both groups and individual work that invites individuals deeply into the present moment and meet life from a grounded and embodied perspective. She is deeply passionate about being part of the integrative medical model, creating a bridge between traditional mental health and holistic health. Jessica's work invites participants to deepen their exploration of self, dive deep into their body's innate wisdom, and strengthen their trust in life and their own intuition. Meet Jessica at yothera.com and jessmaitri.com. Here is the interview with Jessica Maitri. In your own words, who is Jessica Maitri? Mm. <laughs> I am a human being, <laughs> oh, yeah. practicing more being, actually, than human doing. Yeah, I am practicing at the moment, being more in the moment and um, living into the highest version of Jessica Maitri, whatever that wants to be and, and however that wants to unfold in the moment. Is that really a practice, Jessica, when it comes to embodying the moment, being in the moment, and, or being, not just doing. Can we somehow merge those two 
and kind of accept unconditionally whatever unfolds, whatever happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my practice in this time period have been really called to surrender more. And I know we have a, sometimes that word is kind of triggering a little bit, but so, so you know, surrender can be, I, I, I like to say I, I'm meeting whatever is in front of me and I'm not getting ahead of myself as much as possible. <laughs> so as I know, I know that's not always possible and I get that there's, you know, it, there is a time and a place for planning and uh, all of that. But I, I also believe planning, but being flexible and, and still staying in the moment and really meeting what's in front of us is it's kind of like this next level embodiment of learning how to do both at the same time. It seems to me like somebody said before, I think I read somewhere, that I don't remember perhaps one of uh, Robert Wolf's books. He's a non-duality teacher. Being present with what is present, that's the key. And I think he talked about fear too. So when it comes to surrender, why do we resist? Is that because of the idea or the feeling of control? that we are always looking for? You know, that definitely resonates when you say that is control. But I think even on a deeper level, for me, it's been triggering a sense of if I surrender, then I'm giving up power on some level. And I feel like power is more like we're all trying to find our power again, mm, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I, we try and do True. that through control sometimes, but <laughs> power is so much deeper than that. Mm, So, wow, that's one of my warm-up questions, actually. Power. Mm. What is true power to you? I really love the blog post you wrote about inner authority. There Mm -hmm. you talk about false power. So what is power to you? And if you can go deeper, what is true power? Mm. Um, In this moment, how I would describe it in my own experience is true power comes from living from this space. And I'll just tell you what's happening in my body right now, as well as there's right in the middle of my body. I've, uh, it's kind of like where my solar plexus, but low back sacral area. I feel like that's for me living in my power means that that's what's guiding my life. It's, um, from this deeper intuitive gut knowing versus like my mind or my trauma, my, and and knowing the difference is really important because sometimes our trauma feels like intuition. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) It's hard. (laughs) But I feel like that's power is really living from that space. Mm -hmm. What does it feel like to come from that place, Jessica, if you can give me an example of that? Like, how would you describe what intuition is? Um, the, the, the thought, I guess the image that's coming to mind as you ask that is, um, you know, when I went, let's say somebody invites me to participate in something or do something, my mind would, or my ego would say, well, that, that might get me a great opportunity, or I might be able to network or whatever that ego mind really wants. But then if I drop into my body there, there's a whole nother set of, um, uh, feeling. And I think it's an expansion versus a contraction. Like if it, if it feels expansive in my heart, if it feels exciting to me, if it feels um, playful and like almost like a childlikeness to it, there's to me, that's like, that's intuition. That feels very intuitive. Another question that comes is uh, this dance between expansion and contraction. Isn't it part of the movement of life of what life is? It's always moving. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yeah to, I think we like to pretend that there, or we hope that there's not a contraction. Oh, yes. Yeah, you know, we do. Like, we want to live from this expanded state all the time. And sure. Yeah, I think that that's part of embodiment, though, is really being okay with the cycles, you know. Mm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can actually feel that um, with breathing. That's what's happening, expanding con- and, and then the contraction, why not kind of embrace that in life itself? Um, being out of balance, it's okay. It's okay to be out of balance. We tend to push away that. And that might have something to do with what we spoke earlier about control, trying to be in charge, right, of every moment, of every aspect of this experience called life. And speaking of life itself as a whole, what do you feel is the purpose of the human experience? Have you mm. wondered? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, of course. And this, and this answer might continue to change. It probably will. But I, I, I tell my clients this too, is where we're um, like, it feels like extraterrestrial beings in a human, like an animal body, you know, like our body where we have these ginormous spirits and souls that have been squeezed into this animal body. And I feel like part of part of being here, the purpose is to learn how to to let that shine through our animal body and learn how to work with our animal body, like the um, sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system and really learning to work with the animal body and bringing, you know, bringing that higher aspect here on earth feels like my purpose feels like that's part of my purpose. I hear that a lot, though, uh, bringing the spirit to earth, embodying that and being that here through the body. I explore a lot of these um, these topics, especially going deeper with non-duality teachers. And I ask them about, I don't ask them actually about it. They simply tell me <laughs> that there is no soul, there is no purpose, really. All this is happening because it is life happening. And for some reason, I am resonating or something in me. It's really resonating with that. It has been for years now. So when you speak about the soul or the spirit, as some call, what would that be? Like, can we experience the soul, Jessica? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, from my experience, the the spirit and soul are separate. And, maybe, and again, this is just my experience of it, but my spirit feels like this it's always there. It's present. It's steady. It's, it's almost like my direct connection to source. Um, and it doesn't change very often. It's kind of like my pure essence. And then my soul is this other part of me that has this collection of lives and different experiences from different lifetimes. And I bring all of that here into this incarnation here in this body. And so and kind of for me right now and where I'm at in my journey, that's how I experience soul and spirit being different for me. Is that something that has become a belief system? It's something that, that you can actually feel, not just feel, because it seems like everything's a feeling. <laughs> when it comes to the body itself, everything becomes a feeling, an emotion. I'm wondering for the soul, the spirit, it's beyond experience, beyond feelings. And it can only be realized, can only be perceived somehow. I, I would agree with you. It's it's like we try and put this in words and yeah. context and all of that in boxes, right? But <laughs> yeah. that's just, I, I, I agree. I think it's a felt, you know, we're going to feel our way into the truth of whatever that is. Um, yeah, yeah. I love the idea of kind of no, just experiencing 
what life is, what this is that we call life, as a miracle, almost as a magical happening. <laughs> I have no idea what this is. It's the unknown unfolding. It's the unknown being here. And I have no idea how this begun, what this is about, where all this is going, really. So that unknown place kind of brings me to this um, natural rest, I call it. Some people mm. call it that too, I guess. It's mm. a place of um, inner peace, of peace, of just um, the state, I would say it's peace, is inner peace. Because there's nothing to control, nothing to try to explain away, nothing to know, really but just to be lived, just to be experienced in the body. I agree with that fully. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a piece. But this is something interesting that I noticed that most of us won't look for because that has something to do with the death of identity. I have <laughs> yeah. no idea who I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you call me by this name, but, you know, this is, um, I don't know, it's beyond a name, beyond labels. And this is really challenging for most of us to go deeper into it, right, Jessica? And really, right, and embrace, okay, this is the unknown. I have no idea what this is. I just kind of rest within it all. And um, yeah, becoming nobody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. It's a very challenging message to communicate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, transformation and change, what is the difference? I read hmm. one of your blog posts and you talked about transformation in a way that I never heard before. Always unfolds in the present and we don't know what it looks like. That really caught my attention. <laughs> mm, yeah, I, I love that. It's a lot of what we're talking about already, but change Changes in my mind, it's a measurable thing, right? And as a therapist that I've worked as, I used to, you know, work as a very traditional therapist for about 10 years. And it, that's what we were looking for is change. It was like, okay, so we've got a treatment plan and we're moving from A to B and you can measure that and there's change. Um, but I just believe that transformation is the bigger, the bigger picture of what's happening because change is late layered. Like if one thing changes, it actually affects so much more. So if we're doing, let's say shadow work, it's actually affecting our body. And if we're working on our body, sometimes shadow psychological, you know, imprints or whatever you want to call it can come up as we work on our body as well. So it's, it's, that's more transformation includes all parts of a person and change sometimes is just one part. What was the inspiration for you to become a yoga therapist or a therapist, Jessica? Um, well, let's see. Um, I began in 2010 as a just a traditional clinical social worker in private practice. And I did, you know, mental health therapy in that way for about six years before I found yoga. And of course, then I went through Phoenix Rising yoga therapy training and then all sorts of intuitive abilities started coming online. And so, you know, it's really been a natural progression since maybe five years ago of just getting more out of the head and more into the body and the intuition and the energy, the energetics of transformation. Um, so really, it's, I, I moved from just working with change to working with transformation and it's been beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, you, you sound beautiful talking about it too. It can mm -hmm. be felt in your voice. That's interesting because this energy, everything is energy. So it's being mm -hmm. transmitted. 
you believe that genuine healing, this is something I'm paraphrasing you, something that I read about you. You believe that genuine healing must include all parts of a person, including their energetic and spiritual aspects. So how did you discover that? And what is spirituality to you? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a great question. Um, spirituality to me is not a, um, linear thing. It can be anything, you know, spirituality is is something that everyone, in my opinion, everybody is already, even if they, they, um, say that they're atheist or whatever, that I still believe that we are all living a spiritual life because we're here in these bodies and, and we're part of the earth, you know, we're part of, so to me that that's all spirituality is. And then there's all these layers on top of it that we like to put labels on <laughs> called different, different, you know, different words and different lineages and stuff. But for me, we're all spirit, spiritual beings just by being here and, um, and living here on earth. It's very earthly to me. Spirituality is just very earth based for me. Do you connect spirituality to healing and authenticity? I do, in the sense that if we're not grounded in our bodies, if we're not fully in our bodies, then it's. I've I've noticed that it's harder for the individual to truly heal um, if they're not fully landed in their bodies. And actually, most people aren't. Most people are out operating from the neck up most of the day. And so healing, you know, if we're not fully in our bodies or we don't know how to be, I mean, that's, that's part of healing is learning how to feel yourself and feel the sensations, feel that talking to different parts of the body, giving it a voice, all of that, in my opinion, is essential. It's absolutely essential. And how often we try and heal without being able to do that, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Yeah. When I think about it being in the mind most of the time, and even intellectual understandings about things that we talked about today, it really doesn't work when we try to uh, heal the mind with the mind. Yeah, I tried that for many years too. Yeah, did you? Yeah. Boy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Reading and I mean Uh-oh. everything you think of, and then I found energy healing. Then I found shamanic. And rituals and everything else. I mean, psychedelic, I had an experience with that, but it was mm. not really my choice. Mm-hmm. I was in um, Shambhala Center, one oh, of yeah. the meditation centers, and they just gave it to me <laughs> to oh, maybe wow. to see what would happen. Oh, and that was interesting. Wow. Let's not go into it, but uh, <laughs> I know <laughs> that was an interesting experience. So that's when I felt really like the embodiment of belief systems and everything that was in my mind just came into the body and just was expressing itself through the body. So that was incredible. Like, wow, to remember that because in the moment you don't really realize what's happening. You do, but you don't at the same time. So I have another question for you about, yeah, healing. When do we know when uh, healing is happening or it's taking mm-hmm. place? Is there mm-hmm. a destination for healing, Jessica? <laughs> Well, the, when you said that, the first thing I thought of was actually uh, not what we think of was what the words that came in. But we think of healing as like, oh, I'm feeling so great. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I, I have experienced healing actually <clears throat> meaning like there's a trauma in the body that shows up. There's there's a conflict that arises. There's something that's uncomfortable. And that's part of, you know, the work that I like to teach is that we can't bypass, you know, healing means you're it's messy. That's 
what I think healing when you, when you know, healing has started, things are starting to fall apart. Um, and that's when you start to go, Oh, okay. Now I'm on the path of healing now, not when I get to this other, the other side of that. Right. Yeah. What a paradox, right? In the way. Right. Right. So it's all about feeling the feelings, not trying to escape them, trying to hide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wonder how much we hide. <laughs> that so much. Yeah, still, right? I know. And I interviewed a lot of people on a lot of things, the healing methods, so many of them. Some people talk about ayahuasca and going back to those healing methods of psychedelics and all, being one of the most powerful, potent kinds of healing methods because it's really fast the way it happens. Do you agree with that? Do you have some, um, not experience, but do you have some knowledge about that? Is the psychedelics in Alaska the same? Not sure if there's, is there a difference between them? Um, I, I mean, there there is, but I, I'm not an expert in that. I have tried all sorts of, I've done all almost everything. <laughs> but, and I have to say, you know, that did, you know, the experience that I've had with ayahuasca did ignite a deeper healing and a deeper remembering it. So it did serve as a catalyst for me as far as opening certain centers in the body and in the mind and helping to connect certain circuits. But I have to, you know, at this point, it feels like I'm being called more to organic, natural, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but just more of like using the light, the intense amount of light that feels like it's coming onto the earth right now. And, um, but Again, that's just my journey at this time. And I may feel called back to that again. I'm not sure. Um, But it does catalyze for a lot of people that opening. Mm -hmm. It really leads us to see, to realize. There's a lot of realizations that take place when we do that. You're right. This is something that we are, in a way, trying to manipulate in, in a place that we are trying to get. So it's still like intentional healing. And I love the idea you say that about natural healing, which means being guided by what's happening now, the way we are feeling. So you just spoke about the light. Does it have something to do with the events in 2020? Um, you know, that's a great question. I, I uh, intuitively, if I were to answer that, and I can't back this up with facts, so, <laughs> yeah. but it, yeah. it felt like it <laughs> felt like there was a lot of light coming in. And so therefore the light kind of uproots the dark. And that's how it happens in just individual journeys as well as when you receive, there's some healing that's occurring. You've got it kind of like with homeopathy, there's like a, a, a crisis, right? There's a, oh, a bloom of all the, the disease <laughs> that comes up. And that feels uh, collectively like what is happening and has happened. And you know, I feel like that's we're on a journey collectively to actually healing so much in a short period of time. Yeah. And um, my last warm up question, I have two of them, but I'll ask one. I have asked too many. <laughs> I would go forever here with you. So what do you love most about being in a human body? Oh, so good. I I, I love feeling um I love dancing. I love when I say sensual has nothing to do with sex, although it can, but I love sensuality. I love, you know, all of the senses and the ways that I can feel and experience and interact with this, this world through this body. I mean, for, I'm just a very sensual human and I enjoy that. (laughs) I like all the things, all the tastes and smells and text, you know, textures and 
Oh, and sound music, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. incredible. I love mm-hmm. that too. So you combine Eastern and Western therapeutic approaches. Is this something that happened naturally, Jessica, or this is something that you have been taught and it came through observations and studies? Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like similar. My answer would be similar to, you know, the psychedelic question. It's like, I, I have been exposed to a lot of different, you know, modalities and, and trainings and certifications. And, you know, all of all of that has probably played a part in igniting within me some remembrances of what I'm here to do. And so I would, what I do now, I wouldn't say someone taught me, I would say they helped me remember what I kind of already do intuitively, if that makes sense. Um, And I'm grateful for all of, all of that. So. Yeah. I love the way you say that too. It's the remembrance. So it's just being reminded which everything is in a way, right? Like you said, you talked about spirituality. Everything is spiritual. Everything is spirituality happening. There's nothing that's not life itself, which to me is life, just being life. So you are also the creator of Yothera Method. Talk to me about how it works and your intention of bringing this work to our reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll, um, the the word yothera is a combination of yoga and therapy. <laughs> so, yo, as you probably know, and many of your listeners, yoga isn't just the asanas or the poses. I mean, yoga is life. It's embodiment. It's it's the breath. It's all of it. And so, yothera method is a three phase, basically a journey of transformation. And the the first phase is is the mind. So we actually do kind of look at how the conscious mind and the subconscious mind work and the shadows. We work with the archetypes as well. Like the there's 12 archetypes of your Thera method. So we explore shadow work and old stories. So really phase one is helping people get clear on their old stories that are running in their unconscious mind. Um, so that's phase one. And then phase two is embodiment, which is is teaching them how to begin like we've been talking about is how to truly be in the moment how to be with our bodies differently how to tap into what the their voices of their bodies are telling them um, we use a lot of heart coherence uh, which is like heart math work you know working with the heart and uh, intuition and then through that phase two process we help them to rewrite that old story into a new story through, through their intuition, through the body, through what's, what's true with this, I call it the innocent perspective. So they are able to, you know, rewrite that story into phase three is, is, um, being seen in their new story. And so there's lots of ritualistic and, uh, different ways that they share their new story with the groups, they share it with their community They're and then they're able to be seen in this new way. And that's a huge part of healing is being seen. When you speak about stories, that's um, it's interesting. When I think about all the old stories that I, I had, and then now I, I still feel them running on the background, mm-hmm. but I don't mm-hmm. give attention to them a lot of times. Sometimes I do, and then it becomes a mess. Let me see. And then I'm thinking here about new stories. Is it possible to navigate this reality without stories, without any belief systems? 
I think that would, yeah, ultimately that would be the way to go, right? Would be to have no, be empty, <laughs> have, have no sense of, yeah. And, and I think the, you know, part of your thera method is coming from the space of the, the innocent archetype is like the ultimate, uh, has the perspective of clarity, non-duality, sees everything from this higher perspective. And there's a sense of emptiness, actually, that comes with that perspective. Yeah. How is psychology similar to alchemy? You mentioned that. Mm, yeah, psychology. The I think the traditional psychology, I'm not sure, is... <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, just because they're the traditional psychology is just working with the mind, you know, and for me, alchemy is working with all parts like we've talked about. It's that bigger transformation. But but the mind is a huge part of it because the unconscious mind is what's operating the animal body. And so we do have to include the mind in alchemy because if we're not sure how to access that unconscious mind and change the programs and change the stories, then we're only changing it from a conscious level. And that's, that's more just kind of what we talked about. That's more of the change, not the transformation. That's beautiful. I love everything about you. Ah, thank you. <laughs> everything. That's <laughs> um, beautiful. It's, it reminds me of nature itself. Some people do. That's interesting. When I am in nature, that's the embodiment of unconditional love, really. It's that openness, that it's free. It's really free energy, unbounded. And just, it's, yeah, you remind me of that. Oh, thank you. This is something that I found on your website. Your Thera teaches individuals how to become the conscious creator of their life by freeing and transforming unconscious programs of the mind through a deeper connection to their intuition and wisdom that lives within their body. I love that, the way you phrase that. You have been saying all this in different ways, but it really captures, communicates that message about what the method is all about. It's beautiful. Uh, we're almost at the end, but um, the method is for professionals, individuals, and groups, right, Jessica? Anyone can use it. Anyone can use it, yep. And to find more information about Yothera and you, there are two websites. Can you please remind me of them? I have them here somewhere. Yeah, you know, there's yothera.com. You can learn all about it there. There's also yotheramethod.com. We're going we're gonna to link those soon, but you can do that. There's an on-demand evergreen uh, course that anybody can go through on their, at their own pace on that website. So they can experience Yothera method on their own and then they get connected to a larger community that way. So there's those two. There's also justmytree.com if people want to work with me uh, individually. I do more energetic attunement uh, practices and, and work kind of as a mentor, not as a therapist, but that's my other business. So, so mm -hmm. I'll have both links on your podcast profile. Oh, great. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? Mm, uh, being authentic. That's, that's success, like fully, truly, authentically, uniquely ourselves. Ah, oh, I love that. <laughs> yes, yes, a billion times. And yeah. what is another word for life? Mm, joy, prana, that's uh, presence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing or leaving the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? <laughs> I, I would I would be very I would be super playful and I would probably dance as much as I could. <laughs> that sounds good. Dancing. Wow. 
living, dancing, dying, dancing. I love that idea that we can live in a way that we would die. Same mm. way, just live and die. Yes, yes. And the last question is, what are three things about life you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body? Mm. Um, I, I would wish that everybody had a, a felt a sense of true safety, Uh, you know, really what it felt like to be held. Um, I would wish that everybody would be able to experience truly deeply loving unconditionally and being loved unconditionally. I think that would be beautiful. When you, you speak about unconditional love, I think about self first, unconditional mm -hmm. self-love, if we can come from that place, mm -hmm. if there is a self uh, or the even that illusory idea of the self coming from that place that I love whatever this is <laughs> unconditionally. Mm. And then it seems to me like it's easier to expand that love to others. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thank mm -hmm. you so much, Jessica, for your Thank presence. You. Yeah, your beautiful, authentic uh, and heartfelt presence, everything that you represent in this reality and everything that can be felt. Thank you. Thank you. Bye for now, and we'll be in touch. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Take Thank care. You. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Jessica Maitri and her work, please visit yothera.com and jessmaitri.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.